Hello and welcome to Surrendering Average. I'm your host, Joel Mahe. Today's episode is titled, How to Master Self-Doubt. Self-doubt is something that we all experience as humans, and it can absolutely halt us in our tracks. But it's important to know that it is possible for everyone to overcome self-doubt, to take the necessary actions, to manifest and create the life of our dreams. Today we'll talk about the three unhealthy coping strategies and how to not fall into those, the three emotional systems in the brain, as well as nine tips to deal, cope, and conquer self-doubt. So please, focus in and be present as you begin to surrender your average life. Hello and welcome to the show. I hope everyone's having a great day today. I'm doing fantastic. Woke up on the weekend feeling great. Woke up super early, um, being productive. We have a nice down weekend for once, so it'll be nice just to enjoy and relax and, and get some work done. So jumping right into today's episode, it's titled, How to Master Self-Doubt. And I want to talk about this because it's something that I've really had to face in the last few years with a lot of change and a lot of uncertainty in my life. You know, tackling goals and moving and wanting to progress from where we are is inevitably going to lead to new circumstances, change, and that that brings uncertainty. There's no certainty in that. What we knew and how we live previously and prior is not going to be the same. There's going to be change. There's going to be new circumstances. We don't really know what life is going to look like, but there's something in us. There's that drive. There's that desire that's pushing us. That's wanting us to move into that uncertainty. It just might be a bit uncomfortable. And unfortunately, during this uncomfortable phase, I've noticed that a lot of self-doubt tends to creep in. Self-doubt because, um, yeah, we, we just don't really know what's going to happen. We don't really fully believe if we're capable of taking on this new challenge or this new event. So self-doubt, that, that's how I saw self-doubt creep into my life, but it can also be related to, you know, previous life experiences, whether you got criticized and that might lead to the self-worth you have or the way you view yourself. So our past experiences and our past circumstances can also drastically affect our self-doubt as well as the societal pressures that we put on ourselves to achieve and to accomplish things because so-and-so is doing this and our friends are doing this and social media is telling us to do X, Y, and Z. And there's so many societal pressures that just create this self-doubt. We say, oh my gosh, look what this person's doing. How can I ever do that? And we're just always comparing ourselves and potentially falling into the self-doubt trap. But it's so important to deal with self-doubt in the proper manner. Otherwise, it can lead to some very drastically negative um, circumstances. And the data shows that if we don't learn to deal with self-doubt, it can cause anxiety, depression. We won't be able to regulate our emotional, um, our emotions. Uh, it can lead to lack of motivation, difficulty in making decisions, low self-esteem. It can lead to a lot more permanent solutions if we repeatedly 
act this way over and over and over again, it can compound into these undesirable traits. So there's a couple quotes I want to um, touch on that, that I found there's a lot of power behind these words that kind of relate to this episode. And the first one is by the man William Shakespeare. And he says, our doubts are traitors and make us lose the good we oft might win by fearing to attempt. So the way I interpret that is you're not going to be able to win the game if you don't even play the game. And many times self-doubt can prevent us from even practicing or even playing or even stepping foot on the court to play the game. There's no way we can win. There's no way we can get what we want if we don't even play, if we don't even attempt. And unfortunately, self-doubt is a common roadblock that prevents us from playing the game. The second quote is, when you doubt your power, you give power to your doubt. And that's by Honoré de Balzac. Um, So when you doubt your power, you give power to your doubt. And that is a dangerous, slippery slope to go down. You know, focus is power. And when we're giving our power to our doubt, our doubt is going to run the show. If, 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 If you doubt the power that we all have within us, we are all extremely powerful and capable of doing extraordinary things on different levels and in different scenarios and in unique, um, with our unique traits, but each individual, each person is super powerful. But if we give that power to our doubt, then our doubt is going to be running the show. Our doubt will accumulate that power and compound and compound and potentially turn into that depression, that anxiety, that difficulty in making decisions. You know, it can turn into that and we really want to avoid this. So some examples of self-doubt in my life, because I'm a human and I strongly believe that every single human being has experienced and does experience self-doubt. It's just whether or not they've let it hold them back. There's no difference from that billionaire who had went from zero to a billion dollars. I guarantee they had a ton of self-doubt. The only difference between us and them is the fact that they did not let that self-doubt stop them. So some events in my life, which I was faced with self-doubt were back in the day when I played sports. And the more I had self-doubt in the sport I was playing, the worse I would perform, obviously. Like it, they're related directly to our performance and how we do and our success and whatever, whatever endeavor we're doing. And the, the later years that I got into more competitive and competitive leagues and playing in high school, Um, The more self-doubt I had, the less confidence I had within myself, the more self-doubt I had that I'd be able to make the shot, that I'd be able to make the play. And and it just drastically impacted me in a negative way. And also previously making decisions, I had a very difficult time believing that I was making the proper decision. I had a lot of self-doubt. What am I supposed to do in life? What what career am I supposed to take? All these big, difficult decisions I, I really struggled with. Um, even in school, I had a lot of self-doubt. I thought that I had more difficulty in learning and that I might read slower than other people or whatever it may be. And I let that really impact me. Um, as well as my when taking school at night for electrical, 
you know, I had self-doubt in that because it involved physics and math and physics and math were my weaker subjects in school. And I let self-doubt really affect me. Um, and that, that had a drastic impact on my performance. Even to the later days when I was running, when I started to run jobs at my career, starting to run bigger and more jobs at once, I had a lot of self-doubt that I couldn't do this. And also trying new things like the coaching certification program and even just coaching in class. That was very intimidating. I had a lot of self-doubt. Even doing this podcast, starting a podcast from scratch, I had a lot of self-doubt. Um, even being imagining that I'm able to make my dreams come true. This is, this is, these are all circumstances and events where I have self-doubt. And as I progressed later in the years, I didn't let it affect me as much as it affected me earlier on, such as playing sports or the big decisions to make or my, my performance in school. You know, when I wasn't equipped with the right tools and strategies, I really noticed the difference that it had on my performance and my success. And being able to analyze that and look back, you know, I, I still have dreams to this day where I dream about not hitting the court and not, not performing my best in basketball because of that self-doubt. And even though it's just basketball, I use it as a, a strong reminder that I will not let self-doubt stop me anymore in life. That was, that was a great lesson to learn and, and I will not let it stop me again. That doesn't mean I'm not going to be faced with self-doubt and I'm not going to have these moments of self-doubt. We're all human. I am human. I am going to face this, but I will certainly not let it stop me. And I'll explain how throughout this podcast. So before getting to the strategies on how to do that, I want to touch on three unhealthy coping strategies that you might be reverting to to help you cope with self-doubt. And so obviously we don't want to be reverting to these as, as much as possible. So I want to bring this into our conscious awareness so we might know what's going on or it might bring some insight of, oh man, I'm actually doing that. And the first one is to self-sabotage. And sometimes people intentionally put themselves in situations where they're likely to fail. They might purposely engage in behaviors that will affect their performance. And they do this because it's easier to blame that external circumstance or that external event rather than something related to them personally. And I have an example of this back in my high school days. Um, I remember there's two instances right around diploma time. So the biggest time of the year in high school, diplomas were worth 50% of your high school grade, half of your grade in grade 12. And you know, you need those grades to get into university or do whatever you want to do in life. Like that was a big deal. And I remember it was the night before my French 30 written portion of the diploma. So where I had to write an essay in French. And mind you, I really didn't like French. Uh, my focus wasn't there. And I really did an action of self-sabotage. It was one of our friend's 18th birthday and we went out to the bar and drank literally the night before I had a French diploma. I stayed up late and I drank, not even giving myself a chance. So then I had the easy scapegoat of, well, no wonder I'm gonna do bad or no wonder I did do bad because I went out and partied. I just didn't care that much. It was just so easier to blame on that rather than hunker down, study, prepare, get a good night's sleep, read some well-written essays, whatever it may be. 
I just took the easy way <laughs> and I self-sabotaged by going out late and not even giving myself a chance. But I, I was scared of that failure. So I said, well, if I blame it on this other external circumstance, that's just an easier way out. So that was really cheating myself as well as even probably a couple weeks later, my week, as I mentioned, my weaker subject in school was math. And I had a math 30 diploma coming up, one that I should have been preparing my ass off for because it was one of my weaker subjects. And so, you know, with good intentions, I signed up for this diploma math preparation course. It was a two-day weekend course held at the university, and they were going to go over the, all the topics that you cover throughout the year. So the first day, the night before, one of our friends having a birthday party, a house party. So I go over and I go and I get hammered. I get absolutely hammered. Back in the day, I had no cutoff. I would just drink and booze and get so loaded. And I did this the night before this preparation course. Again, self-sabotaging. I knew I was would have had to work so much harder to accomplish a good grade. It doesn't mean it was, would have been impossible, but I took the easier way out by having the excuse now of, oh, I partied and I didn't care and I didn't really take this seriously. It was the easy way out and I self-sabotaged again. And of course, I did not get a good grade on either of those diplomas. So the second unhealthy coping strategy is overachievement. And this is where we're uncertain whether our natural ability alone can produce success. So you put in extra effort in order to better your chance at that success. And this will usually affect our life balance. And my example is my life right now. You know, I am really in this overachievement mentality. I want to ensure my success, but <laughs> the undesirable trait that seems to come along with that is the life balance portion. I'm actively noticing how much of a negative impact this is having on my life balance because I'm so focused on doing things and getting things done and preparing myself and learning and really just devoting myself to the success that I'm trying to achieve. And I'm seeing that it has a result of unhealthy balance in my life. So I'm actively working at dialing this back. But let me say that I do strongly believe that this, um, this unhealthy coping strategy is a lot better than the self-sabotaging one. At least this one we're trying, we're hungry, we're putting in effort. I just need to be putting more focus on the life balance. So although it's not as bad in my opinion as the self-sabotager, um, it still comes with some undesirable consequences. And the third unhealthy um, coping strategy is the imposter syndrome. And this is where people can't view their success as an accurate reflection of their underlying ability. Um, they don't see their success as legitimate. They think that chance or the timing was the main reason or the main purpose they achieved or received the success. And this is a dangerous place to sit because you'll never have self-belief. You'll never believe in your self-worth. And you'll always be thinking that you're not capable. You just got lucky. And this will really um, lead to the overtime compounding of self-doubt because you're never going to believe that you actually did it or that you actually did some good. It's just going to result in more self-doubt. 
So we might not be able to fully shed these unhealthy coping strategies, but it's useful to know what's going on behind the scenes and have the awareness that we might be reverting to these more unhealthy um, coping strategies to self-doubt. So we really want to get into the, the thick of it and finding the best ways to, uh, to deal with self-doubt. And I want to touch on the three emotional systems in the brain because this is what our brain reverts to naturally and, and uh, when we're faced with self-doubt. And if we take the necessary actions and habitually act in the same way to positively cope with self-doubt, we can actually make our automatic default programming in the brain revert to a much better um, way of naturally, instinctively dealing with self-doubt. So if we can teach ourselves to habitually manage self-doubt by performing these actions and implementing the right strategies, then we will be activating the correct brain center. So like I said, there's three different emotional systems in the brain and we want to make ourselves revert to there's two more positive of the three um, emotional systems. So the first Emotional system is the threat system, which is the worst system to revert to. But unfortunately, it's the one that's most prominent and dominant in most of us because it's how we evolved. So we evolved with the threat system, which is the fight, flight, or freeze system. And this is where our brain releases cortisol. And we will not want to face the situation. We will want to hide or run away or revert to those unhealthy coping strategies. And this brain system tends to persist when we have high levels of self-doubt. So remember, when we have self-doubt, usually our natural tendency is going to revert to this emotional system, the threat system. But we don't want that to happen. So the other two emotional systems, which are a bit more, which are much more positive, in my opinion, are the second one is the drive system. And this system depends on the release of dopamine. When we do something, we get a hit of dopamine and we want to do it again. And this cycle can repeat and repeat and repeat. So if we learn how to relate a difficult situation or a difficult action and we reward ourselves and we receive that dopamine, we're in turn going to want to repeat those difficult actions. And so then if we can program that drive system into our brain, that's going to help us progress and move into these uncomfortable circumstances and situations a lot more frequently. And again, this system kicks in when there's low self-esteem or, or low self-doubt, sorry. <clears throat> so, so that's important to know that it only really persists when self-doubt is at a low level. Um, and the third and final emotional system in the brain is the mammalian caregiving system. And this is where nutrient or nurturing motivations tend to exist, such as, you know, a mother has a lot of nurturing motivations for their child. This is where oxytocin gets released, which is the love hormone. It gives rise to your ability to be compassionate with yourself and with other people. And so that's a very, you know, that's a better reactional state to be in rather than fight, flight or freeze. You know, so clearly the latter of the two emotional systems 
are much better systems to revert to, whether it's compassionate, the mammalian caregiving system, or whether it's the drive system where we get releases of dopamine to keep going. Those are much better ways to fall back on to, to make our automatic reactional um, actions um, manifest rather than instantly going into fight, flight, or freeze when we're faced with difficult circumstances or events. So how do we deal and cope and conquer self-doubt? I came up with nine tips and strategies for us to be able to face this so that we do this over and over and over again. And if we do it over and over and over again, we will revert into those more too beneficial uh, emotional systems in the brain instead of fight, flight, or freeze. Because that's how we continually progress. That's how we move through that discomfort and that uncertainty. So before I get to the nine tips, remember the formula. Think, feel, and choose your actions. So our thoughts give rise to our feelings or our emotions, how we're feeling. And based on how we're feeling, that's going to be able to give us the ability to choose our actions. So our thoughts create our feelings and our feelings will give us the ability to choose our actions and our actions will manifest our results. So keep that in mind. So if self-doubt is tied to uncertainty, we want to instill as much certainty as possible. So step one, tip one, learn how to validate yourself not only to seek validation from others. Because if we only seek validation from others, you know, that's just too inconsistent. We don't know when we're going to get validation from others. If we're only seeking it from others and we only perform when we get that validation from others, there's just too much instability with that. We don't know when somebody's going to tell us good job or, or you know, you're on the right path or you're doing good. But when we validate ourselves, we take control of that. We can validate ourselves whenever we want. And if we do that habitually over and over again, even on small tasks, validate yourself, acknowledge yourself, tell yourself you're doing a good job, and that will make you want to pursue these difficult tasks over and over and over again if we can validate ourselves. Tip two, don't compare your life or journey to others. This will help you to be more compassionate with yourself. If you're always comparing yourself to others, you're giving yourself such an unfair starting point, an unfair reference. It's an impossible reference because you are your own unique individual with your own unique skill set and traits and beliefs and morals and the perception of the world. You see things differently. It's literally impossible or even fair to compare yourself to somebody else because it's, you're not them. You are here now where you are at. You have to start here. You can't start where somebody else is. So comparing is just redundant and it's just going to lead to more self-doubt because you're going to say, well, how the heck are they there? How can they do this? And then, then you're just consumed by what others are doing and not focused on taking ownership and control for what you can do. Tip three, make your desires and vision and goals a necessity. When they are should do's, there's too big of a window for self-doubt to creep in. Oh, I should do this or I should really 
you know, I should really have this as a goal or I should really take this action tomorrow. I should really uh, prioritize my, my, you know, what I'm supposed to do. If it should do, there's a window for self-doubt. If it's must-dos and I will do and I'm certain I will do this and you don't give yourself an option to not do something, you will do it. If there's no other option to do it but actually do this thing, actually move towards your goal, actually take the necessary actions, you will do it. There needs to be necessity. Remove the should-dos and implement the I will do and I must do. It has a huge difference. It's a slight distinction, but makes a huge difference. Tip four, you don't need to know all of the answers, but be confident that you will figure it out. Nobody ever knows the answers. Answers are made up as you go. No one has the answers in life, especially the answers for your individual life. (laughs) We uncover the answers as we go. You can read all the books, you can do all the research, that might help you, yes, I'm not disagreeing with that, but that's not going to give you the answer. The answers reveal themselves as you progress through the journey of life. You know, if you're looking for all the answers prior to starting, you're, you're entering an impossible feat. You're entering impo- something that's impossible to do. Nobody ever has all of the answers before they start something. Just be confident that you will figure it out. And that's all you need. Leaning on the confidence that you'll figure it out, making it a necessity that you will accomplish something makes all of the difference in the world. Tip five, surround yourself with people who support you. And again, you don't need to lean on this or make this the only thing that, you know, you only seek that validation from other people. But if people support you, if they support your vision, they support what you're up to, that makes a lot of difference. That does help. If there's just people who are seeking for you to fail or that are want to do better than you and, and you know, aren't supporting you. It makes it difficult. It makes those self-doubt thoughts appear more and more. But when people are pumping you up and saying, hey man, you can do it, that feels good. That gives us motivation. That's not a bad thing. So hanging out with people and surrounding ourselves with people who support us can really help with uh, self-doubt. Tip six, have awareness on your thoughts. So journal and thought download about Any thoughts that you have throughout the day, this is such a good practice to get into, especially at the beginning of our self-awareness journey, just to be aware of what our thoughts are doing. And if we just start writing and writing down what our thoughts are doing, oh, you know, you can't do it, you know, that's too big of a a step, or I don't know if you have enough education to do, whatever, just get the thoughts out of your head so they're not just congesting your mind and they're not just lingering in there, but get them out on paper. So then we can challenge them. We can challenge those thoughts to say, is this actually a true thought? Can I actually replace this thought with a better thought? It's such a powerful tool to see what's actively going on in our mind. And that's the power of journaling and actually getting a pen to paper. And then that gives us the ability to change the narrative, to change the direction of our thoughts, because it is possible. Everyone can do this. Everyone can change the direction of our thoughts or at least challenge and question them. And also be very, very cautious of the vocabulary you are using within your mind and within your journaling. Turn the I can't do this into the I can do this and I must do this. 
You know, the vocabulary we use has a drastic impact on the way we view the world, on the perception of the world and how we see things. Once we can change our vocabulary, our perception of the world starts to change. Tip six, consistent, deep, vivid clarity on why and how and what your vision looks like and what you want to achieve. And I accomplish this through visualization, daily meditative visualization. It makes it familiar to your brain. Again, self-doubt is linked to uncertainty. So if we make our vision, if we make this dream of ours so clear and we repeat it and we see it every single day, that is extremely powerful. That's making the unfamiliar a lot more familiar with us. Visualization is such a powerful tool. If we can see it before it happens, it becomes more familiar. In fact, our brain does not know the difference between a visualization and our imagination and the real life event. It's only our it's only our senses that are telling us that are making this experience that we that we see and 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 an experience in life, this 4D experience, it makes it a bit more real because of our senses. But our brain, our brain does not know the difference between that visualization and, and that imagination. And it will actually formulate the neural circuitry as if that action's actually happen, happening. That's why, you know, professional athletes visualize themselves performing over and over and over again. You know, this is a real scientifically backed thing. So visualizing your, your dreams, your vision is so powerful. Um, an example is how would you ever be able to ride a bicycle or know you want to ride a bicycle if you didn't even know that bicycles existed? You wouldn't. That's what the quantum field is. We first need to imagine it. We first need to picture it for it to be able to manifest within our lives. So I strongly recommend daily repetitive consistent visualization to make the uncertain certain tip eight people don't care about what you do or what you have as much as you think they do this is huge we think that everyone is just watching us and that everyone is going to be judging us but the reality is nobody really cares. <laughs> you know, this is a realization I came to over the last few years is no one really cares whether I succeed or fail. You know, they might look at it real quick and it might pass their consciousness and they might say, oh, Joel's doing X, Y, and Z. Good for him. Or, oh, wow, look at he really failed here. But that's going to exist for like one day and then it's gone. But for us, it exists a lifetime, a lifetime. So don't let the opinions of other people affect your actions and what you might want to or don't want to do because they're actually not really caring what you're doing as much as we think they are. And tip nine, take action. And Vincent van Gogh has a quote that summarizes this nicely. He says, if you hear a voice within you say you cannot paint, then by all means, paint and the voice will be silenced. That's such a powerful quote, meaning if you have all these doubts, just jump into action and those doubts fade away. Once I started making the podcast, once I actually committed and took the coaching certification, once I actually threw myself at these actions doing things, that self-doubt begins to fade away. 
That doesn't mean it doesn't come up every now and then, but that means taking action is the best way to defend and conquer that self-doubt. So these nine tips are extremely powerful and I try to implement them in my life daily, daily. So that was pretty much the, the episode. And just a reminder that I am, I am coaching. My schedule is filling up. Um, I'm, I'm, I pretty much don't have any spare time anymore, but I can probably take maybe one or two more clients. Um, if you're someone who's very driven and motivated for change and resonate with this podcast, resonate with my messages, um, you know, these coaching can be such a powerful tool just to ensure that you are taking that action and for you to develop the proper awareness, understanding and insights to take new necessary actions to be able to um, receive those new results that you that you're seeking. So I do have one to two spots open and feel free to check out my website at joelmahe.ca. Send me an email um, to coaching at joelmahe.ca or message me on Instagram. My Instagram tag is just joelmahe, J-O-E-L-M-A-H-E. I'd love to connect. I'd love to hear any feedback, insights, topics for the podcast. Just feel free to reach out to me. I'd love to hear from you. So I want to leave you with a couple words, and that is self-doubt will add massive resistance to achieving progress or success in your life. We all face it, but we don't need to be halted by it. Let's ensure the proper emotional systems in the brain become our automatic default go-to systems by continually implementing the nine strategies discussed today. If we repeat these actions over and over again, they will become habitual. This will ensure we are no longer indulging in the unhealthy self-doubt coping strategies. It's time to take charge and conquer self-doubt and you will surrender your average life. Thank you so much for listening and watching. I hope you have an amazing day. Take care.